Welcome back to Ways to Love Your Money. I'm Elizabeth Dawson, and we're going to talk a little bit about unemployment. Unemployment now has gone down below double digits. We're about 8.4% right now, and last week, basically, there was about 1.4 million jobs added to the workforce. So this is good news for us and for our economy. Uh, we're going to have an amazing guest on our show today that's going to actually shed more light on this because she is looking for equality and job opportunities and careers. And uh, I think she's going to give us a big insight. But as we continue to move forward, the whole idea is we've all got to get back to work. So 8.4% is still a lot when you have so many people in the United States, but it's getting better. We're out of the double-digit zone. So without teasing you too much, um, April House is going to be our guest today. And she has a wealth of knowledge, experience, some of her greatest achievements. I can't wait for her to share that with you. I'm not going to give too much away, but she's going to be an amazing guest that you're not going to want to miss. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Well, welcome back. It's me, Elizabeth, and now we are going to actually have our podcast, Ways to Love Your Money, and we have our wonderful guest here, April House, and she's going to tell us a little bit about her and her mission in life and her passion, and uh, I can't wait for her to tell us her story. So without further ado, welcome, April. Thank you so much for being here today. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Good. Good. So thank you so much for the, the wonderful introduction, and um you know, just to give you a little bit about my history and background, currently I am the Chief Operating Officer at San Diego Workforce Partnership, and where we help San Diegans within our region get access to economic opportunities through job training as well as education, internships. And how I arrived here is actually quite the journey. It was unexpected, but uh, about 12 to 13 years ago, I myself am actually a, a trained nurse by background. Mm -hmm. um, there was a career center that the workforce ran that was in the parking lot of my nursing school, and I happened to walk directly across that parking lot and create one of my first resumes in order to get my first job. And So ever since that time, I've actually been working in managed care for health plans as well as large health systems here in San Diego. And, creating programs for people who have been underserved and historically marginalized and um, most recently worked at a local community health center and developed programs that are focused on diabetes and how to improve your health, mm. how to help people eat better. And what I kept finding was team members coming to us, to me, and saying, April, how do we help people when their problems are, I don't have access to food? How do wow. I eat better when I don't have that? How do I get diabetic medication when I can't afford it? I don't have mm. a job to afford gas to be able to drive here or even bus fare to come to classes to learn how to manage a chronic disease that I'm living with. And so that affected me so much so, having been in healthcare, having been at the bedside of patients as a nurse, having developed these programs, to really tell me and illuminate the fact that the issues that we deal with as a society are further upstream. Mm. Um, they're related to our ability to have access to opportunities that allow us to um, you know, generate an income, be productive, and ultimately save our money and, and live a better life. So health outcomes was not necessarily impacted solely by what we do when someone came to a hospital or came to a clinic. It had everything to do with what they had access to further upstream and in other areas of their life and primarily money. 
Um, so I chose to leave um, that position in order to pursue a role at the workforce, in order to align the healthcare industry with workforce development, in order to create solutions for situations just like that. Wow, you were inspired by an opportunity that maybe doesn't come around every day, but it, it's really inspired you because going from being a nurse, which I was gonna ask you what was one of your greatest accomplishments, and I think that's what you answered in our, in our pre-interview questions, and that was one of your, your biggest accomplishments, but then taking it and parlaying it into something that's humanitarian, truly humanitarian, and wanting to make a difference and change people's lives in a completely unique and different way. So, so, so tell me about the name of the company that you are working with as the Chief Operating Officer and, and what your role is each and every day that's so different than, let's say, I don't know, when you were nursing. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It's a completely different world, but ultimately the same end is, is to help people. So I work for the San Diego Workforce Partnership and we can be found at workforce.org. Um, all of our resources there for job seekers within San Diego and Imperial counties to assist folks with job searches, mm -hmm. access to educational opportunities, um, wage subsidy programs that offers them internships with employers while they're developing new skills. Mm. So we're really standing in a truly unique space right now with the unemployment claims mm -hmm. rising to, you know, at the height of the pandemic. Um, and I don't know if we're still at the height of the pandemic, but at least at the beginning of the pandemic with millions of claims a week um, with a population of people that really need a lot of help. Right, right. So we're seeing access to our services increase. And what a day looks like for me at the workforce um, as a chief operating officer is really overseeing all of the enabling areas such as HR, IT, and finance and ensuring that we're supporting the programs that deliver these services to the community. Um, that they're able to do so unencumbered, really, and ensuring that all of the funding that we receive hits the streets and gets to the folks that need it the most. That's amazing. We were just talking about this at the top of the, you know, at the top of the show about where unemployment is now at eight eight point four percent of the workforce, and it's it's amazing because right at the height of the pandemic, you know, there was over forty million jobs that were lost. And they right. say that there's about 10 million that will be permanently lost. We have some clients that are gonna be in that permanently lost category. And so it's either reinventing or going to a, a, you know, a resource like you. Right, yeah. right, exactly, exactly. We found so many people at that crossroads of how do we look at our industry anymore? And is there a space for me in the industry with that permanent job loss? It's requiring mm -hmm. a lot of those folks to Many of them weren't at the position and prepared for retirement. Right. I have to continue working, so how do I pivot now to something new? And we stand directly in that space for, you know, either extrapolating these skills that were applicable in another mm -hmm. industry to a new one, or supporting those and gaining new skills so that they can enter a whole new industry. So, April, you mentioned something about um, your passion for this. You have such incredible passion. Was this um, stemmed from maybe a family member, how you grew up, um, a cousin, a sister, brother, something like that? Yeah, growing up, I, I have to say that I come from the same population that I serve. So really being raised by a single dad, his focus was just getting me to the point in life where I was, you know, had the basics and was able to enter society to be a productive person. So 
financial literacy was not something that he himself, you know, having struggled his life, was able to give me. Um, I had to seek it out for for myself. Mm. Um, And only until I did was after a couple of hard lessons learned very early in life through how I managed credit or even my mentality towards saving and retirement, believing that was taking from today, you know, Mm. and tomorrow is not promised. But there's so much more um, to be thought of when you consider money and its use as a tool. So really, my my experience now is completely driven by, you know, the way that I was raised and how I grew up and wanting to be a person that can speak to those that, you know, again, I come from the population that, mm. that I serve. Um, and so that they can see that you, you can, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's value in financial literacy. Um, it's relevant. It doesn't matter how much money you have. Um, there are tools that you can learn and resources that can help, you know, with, where you are now and wherever you want to be. Well, with that, how is your relationship with money now? Do you have a better relationship with money now that you've had that life experience? Definitely so, definitely so. I don't know if everybody's like me, but when you're starting out fresh from high school and you enter the big world in college, my first day in college, I remember the booths that were set up and you could walk from booth to booth (laughs) and sign up for a credit card and that's exactly what I did. Oh boy. Having no financial literacy at all, I didn't understand, you know, mm-hmm. interest rates. I didn't understand if I would pay those balances off each month that mm-hmm. those are going to come back to bite you. And then much less, if you, if you don't do that, then that affects, of course, in your future. So right about the time, I would say 18, you know, seven years, things like that, sure. live on your credit report, you're at the point of making, you know, other bigger life decisions like needing loans, perhaps to buy a car, if you're considering mm-hmm. to buy a house. So over the time of having to repair what occurred in my early 20s, I think that's what they say, right? You spend your 30s fixing what you did in like your 20s <laughs> and then 40s finally living. Um, so my mentality has absolutely changed. I've definitely learned the difference between a need and a want. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned the value of saving and planning for the future. And I don't think, especially for my generation, that we can be as confident as prior generations mm. were of their future from a fiscal um, standpoint. And so it's imperative for us to develop some sort of game plan in order to be prepared for that future, whatever it may look like. I never thought that I'd be so excited to read about and learn about long-term care insurance, but that's something that <laughs> you know we, we have to consider, or that do I have good life insurance? And, how does that protect not just me now, mm-hmm. but I have a family? Um, how does that protect those that I leave behind? Mm-hmm. Um, and so those things were not on my mind at, my, at that time, and I don't think that's you know unique to me, but most people don't look that far in the future when they're starting out. But definitely that's how my mentality has changed in my relationship to money. So did you have a mentor that helped you through this to kind of see the, the, the writing on the wall that you weren't seeing before? Over time, because of who I worked with and where I worked, I had a lot of opportunity to meet many, many interesting people. And so what I like to do in my life is observe, you know, what are they doing that I'm not doing? How are you able to do that and I can't do that? How do I figure that out? And so I have been really, really fortunate. I have a really good boss at one of my first roles with a healthcare outside of the bedside um, nursing. And her and I were meeting one day. And so she she just out of the blue asked me, she said, hey, are you investing in the, the 401k plan here? It's great. There's 100% matching up to a certain amount. And at that point, I really hadn't thought you know too much about it. But I was so surprised that my boss, she would be so concerned about, you know, 
was I taking advantage of this opportunity that was essentially yeah. free match money towards my retirement? And I took a lot of lessons from her. Ever since that mm -hmm. point, that opened up a lot of space for me to be able to ask her questions that I it would have taken me a long time to get the answer to. Um, and she got a lot of experience with. So she was one of my early financial mentors. And ever since then, ever since I started to learn about the mechanisms and how to leverage and how to save money and how to use it as a tool, I've just been a student of whatever I could put, pick up from wherever through books and podcasts and, you know, learning how to, to manage money from that point. That's great. I mean, that's great because the majority of people today do not pick up a financial book. They never do. You know, whether they were in high school or college, when was the last time they actually ever picked up a financial book? No one does. That's really the passion behind my book because I wanted something to be a small read. Wealth by Design is a small read. It's about 45 minutes long or you can, and if you're busy, which I have a lot of people tell me they're busy, just get it on Audible and you can listen to me speak it to you. So um, those are passionate points. Now, what are you doing with, with, your, with your company that is um, helping educate your population. Mm -hmm. what, are you, what are you doing for them? Well, currently what we offer are opportunities to really, one, once they gain access to the, the economic um, opportunities that we have, we mm -hmm. do want to offer financial literacy classes. So that's something that's within our pipeline, what we realize that it's not just about being able to get a job, but it's being mm -hmm. able to manage the money that you have and to understand mm -hmm. the financial industry one also very unique opportunity that we are exploring is working with businesses as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so we work with businesses within San Diego County, um, helping them with B2B loans is what we want to get into, as well as how do they start to grow these small businesses mm -hmm. and make them uh, fiscally sustainable. So as we've seen during the pandemic in particular is why we're starting to also look at these opportunities for how we stand in the space of financial literacy is how do we grow these small businesses that before were challenged, but now even more so? Mm. How do we create those opportunities, but then also, as you mentioned, give them education yeah. that's helpful um, for them to, to sustain. So for businesses as well as for individuals, it's critical. Well, I would love to be a part of that business-to-business -business work that you're doing. I'd love to be able to donate some of our books just to give financial education some people are even doing coursework on it at this point because it's really like a workbook, but it gives a simple, you know, walkthrough for people to actually understand, you know, this, like you just said, I want to learn about long-term care. Well, you want to learn about income. You want to learn about saving. You want to learn about retirement because I think for most people today, they think, yep, work hard. Maybe you have a pension. Most people don't anymore. Uh, wait for Social Security, but we keep being told that Social Security might not be there for us. And it's there's concern. So everyone needs that financial literacy. Right. And you mentioned right. something that you have a family. Do, do you have children, young children? I do, yes. I have a teenager. Oh, okay. And so are you starting to try to educate your, your teenager about, you know, how money works and how to have a better relationship with it? Absolutely. So we started with her when she was maybe nine or 10. We got her her first debit card and her allowance in order to manage so that she could understand interest. Okay. Um, and everyday management of expenses. So of course with her, it started out very, very small. Now she's 15. Uh -huh. 
And so with little side jobs on the side, now it's about that money that you have right now, you can put it into a retirement account mm -hmm. and teaching her about the benefits of time and interest mm -hmm. um, that will grow for you. And so those are some of the lessons that we're teaching her is to really understand, like I said, most important for me was learning a want and a need. Um, and then also the benefits of saving now and compounding interest over time. And she's taking that on board um, really well. So I'm, I'm so happy to be able to bring those, those lessons to her. That's incredible. I mean, it starts at home. That's a big right. thing is it starts at home. And April, I have to just say thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been incredible to have you here. And financial literacy starts at home. It starts in every opportunity that we, ha we have for our future. Um, the perception of money, the, the, um, the value of it. I mean, the reality is, is if you work, you work for money to be able to have the life or the security, everything that your goals, dreams, and desires are. So I know that uh, there was a lot of conversation that Miss April and I were having in the background before we got on the show, uh, but I'd love to have you come back, April. I hope that you'll, you'll take us up on that offer. I'd love to be able to donate some of our books for your, for your cause, and uh, ultimately, we're on the same mission. We want to have financial literacy for just about everyone on the planet, and that's a mission that we have each and every day. Um, employment, you know, getting employed out there. Look at the resources that we have here, which will be part of our entire show so that you can see this. Um, if you have any questions for April or myself, please reach out. Send us an email at questions with an S at Elizabeth with an S, Dawson.com. We would love to be able to get your questions over to April or to me, and we'll get them answered as soon as we possibly can. So, um, again, thank you so much, April, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure having you. Uh, we're grateful for your time. We know that time is precious, so uh, I can't wait to see what your next journey is and your next accomplishments with your passion in life and, and uh, your motivation to help as many people as you possibly can. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing. Great. Thank you, and thank you for your generosity. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. It's a pleasure to meet you. Take care. Bye-bye. Well, welcome back. Wasn't that a great interview with April? She's an amazing gal, isn't she? Well, one of the things we want you to actually look out for us on is Instagram. You can actually find us on at, the at sign, C-O-P-I-A-W-M, and we would love for you to kind of check out our information that we put there. We even post updates about our podcast, things of that nature. It'll be helpful for you. So before we end our podcast today, I want to bring up one of the questions that we have from the audience. Um, I have been claiming unemployment since March. Am I going to pay a large amount of taxes on this income? Well, the answer is you're going to be paying taxes on it. So if you haven't been saving some money and putting it aside, that could be a concern. But one thing you're not paying is because you're unemployed, so you will not be paying for the employment taxes that would normally come out of your paycheck. So you'll be paying ordinary you know, income tax for Fed, and you'll be paying your state taxes if that applies to you. So save a little bit of that money because even that extra 600, which is now maybe reduced to 400 in some states and 300 in others and zero in others, that's gonna be a taxable portion to your income. So don't think it's all for free. It's definitely going to have to be addressed when it comes tax time next year. If you don't have a tax professional in your life, this is probably the year that you wanna have one just to make sure, you know, dot your I's and cross your T's. So if you need a financial professional and it needs to fit into your budget, just let us know. We have many people that we know and they'll be happy to help you. So without that being the last and final remark of our podcast today, we wanna to say thank you 
We would love for you to make comments about our show and tell us questions if you have any, uh, whether it's a financial matter or a wish list that's not even a financial one. Um, how do you achieve it? How do you accomplish it? And you know, let us know. We want to hear your questions and we want to be able to share that with the, with the rest of the people watching and listening. So take care. We'll be back next week with another show and we owe so much looking forward to what your comments are about this one. All right, take care. See you soon. The information provided in this show is for informational and educational purposes only. This show is not investment advice, nor is it intended to address the financial needs of any particular viewer. The opinions expressed on this show are not intended to be an endorsement of any particular investment strategy or service of any other kind. You must make an independent decision regarding investments or strategies mentioned throughout the show. Before acting on information in this show, you should consider whether it is suitable for your particular situation and strongly consider seeking advice from a financial advisor.